First of all, just to preface it, someone pointed out, someone uh, WhatsApp me, and they made a good hara. I mentioned last week a halacha that, and I hadn't prepped it before, so I didn't check it up, uh, and that is that when you finish Manasseh, you're not supposed to turn around to face the, to the kahila because it's distracting. I mentioned that you shouldn't turn around until the chazan begins chazan zashat. It's actually not accurate. It's until the chazan finishes his quiet shmoneser. Just a, a slight uh, detail. Once he finishes his shmoneser, he turns around to check. So the assumption is that people uh, like either distract, like you're already distracted by the chazan, so it's not as uh, as pronounced. Okay. Um, okay. So I, I thought for today it'd be a little interesting. I'll see if I can get through all of them. I started jotting down. Uh, you know, miss, myths and misconceptions in halacha because I, you know, they just constantly come up. I have 21, 21 of them that I thought of. Now, they go from completely made up, just completely made up, to somewhat truthful, to there's an element of truth, but it's not used properly. So I'm literally just going to run through them. This could take 10 minutes. It could take a lot longer. You'll let me know if there's any questions or comments. You'll just tell me if not. I'm just going to keep going. First one, and as some of these I've mentioned in, in, in uh, different shiurim. I've mentioned them, you know, periodically. They came up agav this, agav that, but uh, never to put it all together. But again, I'm just going to run through. I'll mention each one halacha. You'll tell me if there's any questions on that one. After that, we'll go to the next one. I have 21 of them. I don't think I'll be able to get through all 21, but I'll run through as many as I can. The first one, again, like I said, many of them have come up. The first one I mentioned, and this even got to like like the Geisha Welt, they've heard of this, and that is putting kalim into, into, into flower pots. Putting kalim into the dirt. I've heard of such a thing that if something's treif, if a spoon becomes treif, you put it into the, into the, into the, into the soil. Now, that is obviously not applied properly, but it does come from something. What it comes from is the last Gemara Navaidizara. And the Gemara Navaidizara tells us that if you have a knife that becomes not it doesn't become treif. You see when things become treif it means that the flavor penetrates. This is more tomorrow night share. The flavor penetrates the metal. If the fla- flavor penetrates the metal through heat, it has to be purged through heat. Putting it into the floor in the ground in flower pots is obviously ridiculous. What it's referring to, the Gemara Vaidizar refers to the following. Let's say you have a, a spoon that's milchik, and you, and you put it into something fleshic, cold. How much cold? Everything's cold. The halacha is, it's not treif. You just have to clean it. Now, spoons are easy to clean. The Gemara was under the assumption that knives are very difficult to clean. That was always the Gemara's assumption, that knives are difficult to clean. So the Gemara is referring to the following scenario. You have a knife that has non-kosher, cold non-kosher on the surface. Let's say you have a kosher knife that you cut non-kosher cheese. Cold. The problem is there's a fatty residue on the knife. So the Gemara says you have to clean the knife. So we have nowadays Brillo pads and we have soap and we have hot ways water. to... Well, you can't do it with hot water because then it'll penetrate in. You got to do cold water. But we have ways to clean knives. They didn't have that. So the Gemara in the last Daf of Adizara says you take the knife, you stab it into hard ground, like a hard dirt, not like soil like in a flower pot, like mamish compacted dirt in the ground ten times. And it cleans the surface. That's what that is. If you're not applying it in that scenario, it's completely uh, uh, mis, uh, misused. But that is number one. Okay, good. Number two. Again, like I said, if there's any questions, you let me know. The second one I mentioned, I mentioned it every Purim, it just has to make the list, and that is the two brachas for Mishloach Manos. That's just made up. That's just, there's no, there's no like, that's just straight up made up. It was someone 
who made a mistake in a school once and then just told everybody. I told you this once that, I, uh, that a lady, when I told my sister this, that it's made up, and uh, she's in Bisyakiv, so she was telling one of her friends. Her friend said, no, it's from the Balatanya. So where's the Balatanya? It's from the Balatanya, is Shulchan Aruch and Hilchus Purim. The problem is the Balatanya doesn't have a commentary on Hilchus Purim. It was, it was lost in a fire. So I said, maybe, but it's not, uh, no one's seen it since the Balatanya was alive. So it's definitely not, uh, not the source. So that's number two. The two brachas from Mishlach Manas, again, um, that's just completely fabricated. That there's no, there's no, like, there's no even Shemitz of a Remez. That's just completely made up. Number three. Um, this I've heard also, uh, this is more for single people, and that is chasen and kalas by chasidim. The minig is that they don't wear jewelry under the chuppah. It's a chasidish minig. Uh, there's many minhagim that chasidim do under the chuppah to make the chuppah remind them of death. I'm not saying that as a joke, but the, uh, the, the, the chasidish approach is that the whole Indian of the chuppah is to marry you to do tshuva. One of the methods to remind you, to help you do tshuva is to remind you of death. So there's many minhagim that chasidim have that under the chuppah that are very much related to avelus. It's a counterintuitive thing, but that's like the minig by chasidim is they untie knots. They don't have knots on their ties. They don't have knots in their shoelaces. That's a chasidish minig because tachrichim don't have knots in them. Um, I don't know if you saw this. There's a, sometimes they'll have where... Uh, they'll have the chassan won't put the, the, like the coat or bekesha on both shoulders. He'll leave one shoulder out. Um, I don't know if you've seen such a thing, that they'll, they won't put it over the full shoulder. Now the reason for that is, is because in the times of the Gemara, mourners would let their arm be bare. Now we don't do that anymore because our clothing, we, the, the, the minig is evolved, not like that. And that's why, like, even by, it's like funny, by chuppahs to be like more makbin on avelis than by actual avelis. I know by my brother's wedding, my mother just did not like the look of it and freaked her out. For some reason it bothered her, so she asked me about it. I said, okay, so, you know, it's, it's like it's a minig. And she asked her, the Bergman is Masada Kedushin. I said, you have to ask her, Bergman is Masada Kedushin. Her Bergman also said, it's, if it's not a big deal, don't, like, don't, you know, don't. So the point is, the minig is, we take, see them take off jewelry. By the way, Solveitchik was actually very against all these minhagim. He felt that they don't really have a makar for applying them, and that's why he was like super stark that they should keep the knots in and all that stuff. But the many chassan kals take off the jewelry. One of the reasons they chassidim, and one of the reasons is because um, uh, you don't wear jewelry into the grave. So the 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 thing people have said is that if the chassan and kal give the jewelry to their friends, it's a school they'll get married. It's made up. It's completely made up. There's no makar for that at all. The whole thing is, is barely makar for any of this. But there's definitely no makar that's a school to get married. What it was is the kala had a fancy, the chazan had a fancy watch, and he couldn't uh, just leave it on the table, so he gave it to his friend, and uh, okay, the friend probably got married, and they probably put it together. There's no makar for that. That's just uh, completely fabricated. Nothing to do with, like, the Kenyan when you're, you're no. in the ring that she's wearing jewelry, Chain, nothing like that. It's a way to make up for the for the stuff you didn't give out. You didn't give your friend yeah. tonight, so you give it all. I've been at weddings. Um, like give, someone's like the chassan wants you to wear the. He wants you to have the watch. I'm like I'm good, and I I'm, I'm good. I, I'm I'm fine. No, just he wants he wants you know he he plans for you. I'm like okay, it's not a key, but I, I don't need. Um, so that is uh, the third one. Okay, the fourth one is not made up. But it became a thing recently, and that's this minig, this minig evolved in Klal Yisrael, that the Zeus HaTayra, you point with your pinky. Everyone points with their pinky. That's, it's not made up. So a lot of them are just myths. This is not made up. To my knowledge, I, I, I tried to research it years ago, I remember I researched, 
The only makar for it is a meam loes on kisavo. The meam loes in Parshish kisavo brings down that it was a minigan svat from 200 years ago, 250 years ago. Why? Not sure. It was not the minig for hundreds of years, and it was not the minig amongst non-svardim. Uh, so I'm not going to say it's made up. It's not made up, but it's not the minig of Klal Yisrael. And if it's not your family, like for chassidim to do it, I don't understand that. It just became a thing that they point, so they point. The pointing with the binky, it's not, it was, the only makar is from the Mamloes and Kisavo, says in Tzvat, they used to do this from 270 years ago. I, I don't, I, it was not a thing 50, 60 years ago. It just wasn't. I don't know how it just became a thing. And I will say this, when it comes to, you know, you have to know, before people just decide to do stuff, you have to sort of know where Mahogam come from and, and to, for you to just like say, oh, I'm going to do it. It's like, you know, it's not your family minig and it's not your, your background. I'll say this, when I was in 10th grade and I was uh, beginning to try to get into halacha, I, I started getting very passionate about halacha when I was in 10th grade. I came across this sefer that had just come out called Piskei Chuvus. I have it over there. It's on the second shelf. It's the, it's the, golden, it's the gold set. It's a very, very popular set, and he brings down everything. Yesh, v'yesh, 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 v'yesh. Now, now I've gotten older, you sort of understand that you have to look in the sources and you have to see, you know, it's one of the issues potentially with the Sefer. It's not an issue. My Rosh actually was very against the Charter. He put a sign up on the front of each Sefer saying, don't rely on this, la la that's his own thing. But like, because he's going to bring down three opinions. The first two is the Balatanya, the Magen Avram, and the third one is a certain Rebbe, you know, that lives, you know, in Bnei Brak currently, like, they're not, so you read it and you think, oh, it's a three-way machlaikis. It's not a three-way machlaikis. And the Balatanya argues, like, the person living today, it's not a machlaikis. You understand. So that's always part of the issue. But part of the problem is also, he just brings down a lot of minhagim. And if you don't know what you're doing, so I remember, so I, I didn't realize this, so when I, I bought the Sefer, I just decided, I'm doing everything. I'm doing everything. It's okay. Beautiful minhagim, I'm doing everything. So I did the pointing, I did that, but he brings down a minig, that v'zayis ha'tayra, you pick up your tzitzis. And then, you kiss it when you're done. So I used to do this. Until I was davening at the Kotel once, and I was at a bar mitzvah. You know, Mondays they have a kid's laning. And it happened to be, it was a Bukharian bar mitzvah, and everyone's wearing jomas, and it's a full Bukharian regalia, and I'm the only Ashkenazi there. And v'zayis ha'tayra, they all picked up their tzitzis, and I sort of caught myself, and I was like, oh, okay. And I dropped it, not because I'm anti-Bukharian, chas v'shom. But I'm not, if it's not, you you know, you got to just, just to start picking up Minhagim. I mean, you know, it has to be part of the lexicon of Klai. So the point of the pinky wasn't historically. Listen, it's not a bad thing. I'm not going to say it's a, you know, it's a terrible thing to do. It's just the concept that it's like a, like a, everyone does it, not necessarily so. Okay. The pinky or pinky? It's brought down in the pinky. No, but would, would everybody else just point? Or no, they nothing. They would say, if it's I don't to point to it. Why the pinky? Mistama, because they used to point. And it's not respectful to point with your pointer because it's like don't you you wouldn't point at a person you're gonna point at the tire so they point it with the pink I don't know it's hard to know. What about, are you supposed to aren't you supposed to bow when they do those No, you're supposed to bow when the chazan takes out when he says you know Shema Yisrael the mishabura brings down to bow. But I'm not aware of any and Godlu and Godlu to bow a little bit. But I'm not aware of bowing by Bezay Satar. When they do the hafa, the balkara takes his his pointer and while they're going around. That you've seen. Again, I'm, I, my point with this one specifically, it's not made up, but it's not, oh, you know. Like yeah, yeah, I've said, okay. Okay, next one, uh, up to number five. This one, I'm going to start off by saying many Pais can feel it's made up. I don't think it's so passionate. Okay. 
there is a, a, a shtickle problem. The problem is that we know you're supposed to answer bracha, answer amen to brachas. However, we know there's a concept, which means you're supposed to be which means between the bracha of Gal Yisrael and Shmanesa, you're not supposed to be mafsik at all, you're not supposed to wait at all, you're supposed to go right away. So the Mishabura deals with, and it's when the Magad of Ram deals with this, and that is, what do you do with answering amen to the bracha of Gal Yisrael? On the one hand, it's a bracha that you're supposed to answer amen to. On the other hand, it could be considered a hefsik between Gal Yisrael and Shmona Esrei. So the Mishabura brings down two eitzes. Eitzah number one is begin Shmona Esrei a second before the Chazan. So as he's saying Gal Yisrael, you say Hashem Safasai Tiftach, you're already in Shmona Esrei. But you didn't start so early, so you're still starting with the Kihila, but it's not, you don't have to answer Amin. The second Eitzah brought down from the Mishavura is to end Gal Yisrael with the Chazan. And we have a general rule, you don't answer Amin to your own Bracha. So because you ended it at the same time as the Chazan, you're not going to have to answer Amin because it would look like you're answering Amin to your own Bracha. That's the Mishavura. Now notice, says Rosh Hashanah, the Mishavura does not give the Eitzah of saying Gal Yisrael. He doesn't say Gal and then just stop saying. So this Minig that evolved... Rav Yaakov Kamenetsky felt was inappropriate, Rishleim Zalman felt was inappropriate, Rav Henkin also felt was not appropriate, and that's where the Chazan just says, Gal, and then just goes quiet. The reason being, because the Mishabur does not offer that as an Eitzah, meaning, the Minig historically was that the Chazan said the Brachas aloud, and not just that that was the Minig, Rav Henkin feels very strongly, the Chazan's obligation is to say Brachas out loud to be mighty people that don't know. Now, nowadays, Everyone that's davening at the shul is capable of davening on their own. So the chazan is not really being mighty. So you want to know what's the purpose of a chazan that's a side point. But conceptually, the chazan is meant to say brachas out loud. All the brachas kriyashma, the chazan historically, right? If you had a kahila a thousand years ago where no one knew how to read, what would happen? The chazan would get up and say all the brachas out loud and be mighty them. That was the concept of Chazar Shashat. It was the concept by Berchus Kriyashma as well. Which means the chazan is supposed to say Gol Yisrael aloud. Now, nowadays, the fact that we know how to read is the same thing as Chazar Shashat. No one says Chazar Shashat quietly. you got to say it out loud. Because that was the mitigate of Klal Yisrael. That was the takanas. you got to keep that takana alive. So says Rav Henkin, I don't understand why the chazanim are going Gol Yisrael quietly. The chazan has to be mighty the tzibur. So I, there's a problem of brachis, there's a problem of Instagram, and that's their problem. It's not the chazan. The chazan shouldn't go quietly to avoid. So, you read that, that's Rosh Hashanah, Rav Yaakov, and Rav Henkin. They all feel very strongly that the chazan should say Gol Yisrael out loud. And it sounds like it's completely made up that the chazans go quietly. However, if a lot of Kla Yisrael does it, it's not made up. I, I will say this, the minig of Chabad, and this is a minig of Choshev Chabad Yidin, not just, you know, not like, you know, a random Chabad shul here, there. the minig of Chabad is they have a similar problem by Ahavas Oilam, by the second bracha of Kriyashma, going into Shema. So it's the same thing, right? Ashkenaz, they answer Amin, Svar doesn't, but we answer, we say, we say, that bracha, my brain is uh, blinking, you say it with the Chazan. So either you answer Amin or you don't. The minute of Chabad, I'm sure if you ever done, they go quietly. So they go over and then they just go quiet. So to say that something's inappropriate when Chabad does it, I'm not going to do that. To be fair also, I saw Ruchayn Kinevsky brings down, it's bring down an Isha Yisrael that Ruchayn Kinevsky told the author of Isha Yisrael, going, saying Gal Yisrael quietly is a minig yafa. It's a minig yafa. It's a beautiful minig. So this is, uh, I'm not going to say it's a, it's a, this is just, 
I threw it in the list because it's not so posh. It. I, I, it depends who you ask. It's either a myth, it's either made up, or it's a beautiful minig. It's two different approaches. Um, I will say this just on a, a post note on this. Rav Hankin had an interesting sheet that I've never seen anybody else. I've done it here for a while. At this point, I'm just like, I'm too in it. I'm too far in it. Like, I'm probably not going to stop. But Rav Hankin made an interesting point. He said that if you hold that you say Gal Yisrael aloud, which is what I do personally, if I'm ever chazen for my if I say Gal Yisrael, or for Shachas, I say Gal Yisrael aloud, because I follow that approach. Rav Hankin felt that in addition to that, he made an interesting observation that in the Birchus HaShachar, then Birchus HaShachar, right? Birchus HaShachar was meant for the Chazen, right? At least it's different in Hagen, but the minig amongst, uh, you know, a lot of places is that the Chazen says uh, these Birchus HaShachar out loud. Conceptually, he would be mighty in historically in the places that they didn't know that, w- that was the concept. Again, nowadays, most people just say Birchus HaShachar on their own, but he says them out loud. If you notice, um, it's the last bracha, is Hamavir Shena Me Enoi from my eyes, singular. Usnuma Meafapoi from my eyelids, so it's it's, it's singular. Then Yerasim Avachashem Kenuve was in Shitargile Nu Besarisecha, Vedabke Nu Bemitzvesecha. Then it becomes plural. It's like, why did it go from individual to plural? So Rav Henkin felt if it's plural, that means now the Chazan is mighty the Tzibur. Individual, the individuals can say, but once it's plural, the chazan should be mighty the tzibar. Now again, practically, people don't, but says Rav Hankin, you should not be saying this bracha quietly. It's the same thing also over here, because there's a shaila of omen, right? You're not supposed to answer omen, because it's the middle of this vihirotzi. You're not supposed to answer omen. So what do people do? They say, and then they go quietly. And that, that I've seen everywhere. Rav Hankin said, it's the same thing. If, the, if it's meant, if you're meant to be mighty the tzibar historically, even if you aren't practically today, you have to say it out loud. That's your job as a chazan. So he felt that you should say the Yeratzen out loud. I do it over here. I've gotten some people have commented, whatever. But, but that happens to be, that's more of a, just an agav thing that might be related. But I, I've, I haven't, that, I've never seen anybody do that. The goal you saw, I've seen out loud. What about Hinnini before Mosul? Isn't that the same Shemir Tefillah? Hinnini actually, Hinnini, the entire Tefillah of is basically the chazan just davening to himself. He's davening that Hashem should allow his Tefillah to be accepted. We do it out loud, I think, because it's very moving and it's very beautiful. But, are... yeah, but I'm saying, but the, the entire Hinnini, you're not being mighty, Hinnini Ani Mimas, he's just saying that I'm, I'm about to daven for you and I'm, I'm Zakin Viragil, Pirkei Noah, it's kind of a good old, but that, that, that's, I, I think the whole thing is said out loud as more just to order the tzibar, is to help the tzibar. You're not being mighty anything, to be honest with you. Um, okay, that's number five. Run through a couple of them. The next two of them we actually mentioned, um, this we mentioned last week in the Basel of Shir, and that's if you sleep, does it cancel the six hours, which we spoke about last time. There was one or two opinions that held away, but the overwhelming majority of opinions held that if you, even if you slept and woke up in the middle of the night, you, 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 can't, uh, you can't just say, well, I don't have to wait six hours anymore. There was an opinion of the Chachna Vergoin, the Vyas Avram, who said this, but it's, it seems to be unaccepted in Halacha. Um, the other one, and this is, this, I, I'm not going to say it's a misconception. There was one opinion that held that way, but the, again, overwhelming majority of opinions disagree. And that is, if let's say in the middle of waiting six hours, you accidentally ate milk. Like, I heard this when I was younger. You can continue. Meaning what, what once, eating milk Yeah, yeah. Once you're in, like once you once you broke the seal, like you keep going, huh? Like if you broke your fast by mistake, same thing. 
even breaking fasting, it's just also inaccurate. You, you're not, I mean, you know, you're not, it depends it how much you sense. ate. It makes more sense, though. Yeah, but that already, yeah, that's also your fasting. fasting it doesn't make right? sense. Well, fasting we'll talk about maybe later, but well, but like the, the milk, like, I remember when I was in yeshiva, when I was in yeshiva, a friend of mine was eating milk. Like I said, hey, you're flesh. He's like, oh, Eh. And he keeps eating like his Kit Kat. I was like, well, what happened? He's like, yeah, my father told me that once I, once I already broke it, the game invited you can keep going. So I said, it doesn't make any sense. Every bite is an Isidur Like Every bite you're going against what Chazal, Chazal wanted you to wait. So every bite you're going against. The over, there was an opinion that held that way. Do you now have to wait an hour to eat Kleshes? No, there was, no, I don't wait an hour. No, it's a hard, it's a hard oh, it's a hard cheese. Yeah. yeah, of course. But the point is, like, <laughs> while I never, I, I, there is an opinion that held that way, but the overwhelming majority of opinions disagree. So I, I would put it in the mis, myth legend because it's definitely not like in Normandy Halacha. If you look at the names that hold this way, the names hold that way, you would never be Michael. Um If the food in your in your in your throat is just a flesh of flavor, is there anything that you eat? That washes that away? No. Sorry. <laughs> um, no, pretty much not. Now, the next one is just made up. Um, but it's made up based on, I get where it was, the mistake came from. And this I've heard so many times, and that is you could use the vessel once before you dip it in the mikvah. Not true. That's just inaccurate. Now, it probably comes from one of two things. It, 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 I think it comes from disposable kalim. The overwhelming majority of opinions hold that you don't have to toivel disposable kalim. So disposable kalim, you're using them, they're meant for one-time use, and then you toss them, you don't have to toivel it. Like a 9 by 13 pen, most pais can hold, you don't have to toivel a 9 by 13 pen. Okay. Even Ramosha held it, even if you use it twice, it's still disposable by nature. Ramosha proved that that uh, the Ramam writes that if you have a gourd, like a gourd that you carve out and you use that for drinking. The Rambam says you don't have to be toivel it because that's not a, a kli that's meant. Gonna lie. Ramosha says it's possible you could use that two times. A gourd. Why would you toivel it? Because uh, it's a vessel, a kli it's de las. It's so true. Maybe it would be the rabbanon. If you get from the that's a side shayla. But the Rambam says you don't have to because it's disposable. So the Ramosha says you don't think it's possible you could use that twice. Of course you can use it twice conceptually, but it's not. It's not. Also, another time is that the. Yeah. Right. So they didn't probably. Correct. So, so that's that's also where the misconception comes from. Is that the halacha is the halacha is that if you taka put food in a dish, let's say you 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 made an eggs in a in a in a frying pan, you, you forgot to table it accidentally, you forgot to table the halachas, you could eat the eggs. So once you finish, you eat the eggs and then you dip it in. So let's say you buy a, like a snapple has other heterim, but conceptually, if you put liquid in a bottle. You could drink it once, and then you table it. That's not, but that's not the same. That's you're not doing lechachila. That's the food is already put in it. So I'm just saying. So it's it's made up that you could just take a dish and say oh, I'm going to use it once, and then all that. That's just so completely made up. That you get that have a... So that's the point. It's an untiled kli. The halacha is that you don't have to throw out the food. So you take the food off why of the they, dish. Why are they so that's a side issue. No, so no, that's a, on, on the He's just saying in general, why, why are they, they not tivling it? Oh, so that because the problem is the problem. Yes, it's it's a shaila of who's whether they're able to be tivled it, even if they wanted to. Correct. Correct. You can't tivle for someone who's gonna. Exactly. So it's the reason why they do it is because it's not posh. No, but because they're buying it in order for resale, it's not even posh. Even if they tivled it, according to many opinions. The tefillah wouldn't work, so I don't blame them for so doing it because it you, they have some Jewish stores that 
some Jewish stores that they say that you could buy all your stuff and then we'll title it. Oh, yeah. Because oh, they, 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 no, no, they're a shliach of yours. The problem is... The Betty Crocker pizza maker says pre-tiveled? Yeah, yeah, that, that, that doesn't work. Them. I would title it again without a bracha, for sure. Yeah. Why without a bracha? Um, because if they talk, it did title it, according to some opinions it works, not the overwhelming majority, but enough that maybe for a Shailin brachas, it, it's enough to make a Suffolk brachas. Um, okay, so number nine is like a classic. I'm definitely not going to be able to get through. Maybe we'll, we'll, we'll do half today and half next week. Number nine is a classic in that people say you can't shecht a giraffe. As we don't know where to shecht it. That's just ridiculous. You have six feet. It's the easiest animal conceptually in the world to shecht. A giraffe is a kosher animal. It chews its cud and has split hooves. And uh, the, the point is, the reason why we don't shecht giraffes is because, uh, first of all, they're wild animals. And if you go near them, they, they could do damage to you. They could still hit you and knock you over. Also, the, 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 they're very, very, they're endangered and very, very expensive. That, that's the reason why people don't shecht giraffes. It's not because you don't know where to shecht it. It has a giant neck. If anything, it's easier to shecht. I, I heard once from a sheikh that he said, anyone who says they don't know where to shecht a giraffe, he said, he's, <laughs> it's the easiest. They have six feet. Like if you shecht a chicken, if you could shecht a chicken, you shecht a giraffe. I will just say this, Agav, just good to know. I'll just throw this out there. Why, why I told you because it's endangered and it's very expensive. Um, I'm sure there are parts of the world where you probably could get giraffe. I will say this though, just just to throw out there, just for your own edification, it's um, it's just good to know. Um, I, I remember I read this the years and years ago. There was an article that they called that I think they called it the the Zebu Bruhaha. It was one of those type of articles, but <laughs> there is there is a, is a sheet of the shach potentially. It's just good to know. Whether we pass in that way or not, it's unclear. Um, Pashtus, when it comes to different, like fish, right? Fins and scales. Animals, chooses cut split hose. Birds, you need a messiah. Birds, you need a messiah. Because while there are simonim, you know, it has to, you know, can't be a, a bird of prey. And there, there are certain simonim, but, but Pashtus, you, you do need a messiah to, to, to eat a bird. There's a shach. The shach seems to indicate that the minig of Klal Yisrael is that even by behemoths, you need a messer. Now this was a, it's a very controversial shach. It was a very big deal because in the 40s, I believe in the 40s, in the late 30s, late 30s maybe, there were animals that they were shipping to Eretz Yisrael. I don't know if it was zebus. I think it was zebus. They were, or ibaxes, I don't remember. There were a couple of animals, they were a type of animals that they, I'm sure someone's going to send me an article, that, that they were shipping to Eretz Yisrael because they were very cheap. The problem was they were not your classic steer, or bulls, or cows, and they had, huh? Like buffalo. It was like buffalo, buffalo, but buffalo is a little. I'll talk about buffalo in a second. The point is it had all the simonim of kashras, but the shilo was whether it was a masira. They, they were shipping it to feed them. To feed yin, yeah, it was a cheaper animal. The chazanish wrote about it, and it had to do with that shach. I, so when I was a buffalo, also Buffalo Rebelski has a truth about whether buffaloes are, are even according to Shach, whether they're okay because there was there was a Messiah on European bison. So the question is how close of a species it is. Point is like this: it's definitely not to get involved in this. I just want you to know that the Shach exists, thing, just right? that you should know that there's such a sheet of a Shach that potentially. So maybe according to that Shach, you'd have to start figuring out whether we have a Messiah on giraffe. Right. 
But I'm, by the way, I'm sure that if you look in Ravari Kaplan, there might be a Maseran, there was an animal in the times of Tanakh that was similar to a giraffe, or whatever it was. But the point is just, it's good to know that Sheet of the Shach is out there. Just to, just they're to, like shiloh by turkeys, right? They turkey is a Shiloh because they didn't have that exact species, but the Nitziv has a whole Arichas, the Midig of Klaus, so to eat turkey in Europe. So, but, it, but birds definitely need a Maseran. But that's, again, just a Sheet of the Shach just to, to know about. What's the source for eating a Maseran? Right, the Torah tells us... Uh, by well, birds? Yeah, what, the Gemara tells us. The Gemara tells us that they only eat birds with a Masara. It's from just from from Chazal, because even the Simonim are vague, are too vague that the, that Chazal felt that you need a Masara as well. So, but they, that, so you're talking about Masara on birds is going back to the times of the Gemara. Animals is potentially a shach. Um, okay, next one. Uh, this is interesting. This is something that it's true ish, but. It's definitely not like when you're raised, it's like Torah Messina, that you have to do this. I don't think it's Torah Messina. If you talk, after you wash, you got to wash again. Without a bracha. Without a bracha. Oh, you talked. You go wash. And it was like, it was like you get sent back to the room. Yeah, it's like, oh, you talked? Go back. So uh, the truth is, if you look in Simon Kuf Samach Vav in the Shulchan Aruch, it's a very short, short Shulchan Aruch. He talks about whether you're allowed to... I remember there was one time I was eating by someone's house for Shabbos in Eretz Yisrael. And it was, it was a kid who went to a certain yeshiva where they wear tefillin all day. I wasn't into this kid. I'll be honest with you. I, I felt already this way. You're wearing tefillin. I, I'm not into the whole wearing tefillin all day. You're Mikubal, that's one thing. A kid, 15-year-old kid, doesn't shouldn't be wearing tefillin all day. But that's just not for now. But anyway, I, this kid was dripping with gaiva. Mamish, like... like, I, like I, I'm telling you, for a 14-year-old kid, I was like... like it like it hit me, like <laughs> the gaiva hit me in the face, and I remember him washing and having full conversations. Mount full conversations. Listen, you don't have to go to the shir to know. You shouldn't be talking after you wash. Like it's just it, 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 everyone in Klal We do the new new. Everyone does that. He's having full conversations. His younger brother starts to say something. He's like, "No, you got to go wash." He's like, "I have. I'm not Messiah Das. You're Messiah Das." I remember, like I literally was like. Come on, like I, 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 I couldn't, I couldn't be some me and the other. Just like I, I can't. Anyway, but so the Shulchan Aruch brings down these two opinions: whether you're allowed to talk after you wash, bechlaw, whether whether there is an iser or not. The Shulchan, the Shulchan Aruch tells us that the minig is you should be machmer that we don't talk. Okay, so you learn Shulchan Aruch, you learn Ramah, you learn Mishabur. There is zero reference to washing again. Zero. So I'm looking at this. I'm like, there's got to be something. Like, there's no way. So the Chazanish. If you look in the back of the Mishaburah, the Chazanish wrote his commentary on the Mishaburah. The Chazanish says, you should wash again. He says he's not sure whether it's a knas, a penalty. Because technically, according to the Mishaburah, talking a few words is not a problem. The problem is having full conversations to the point where you forget about the fact you Mesiyach Das. Unless you're this uh, brilliant kid who's never Mesiyach Das. But everyone else, but a couple words here and there. A couple words here, there's, there's no potential issue from the Mishabura. Says the Chazanish, you should wash again. And he says, I'm not sure whether it's a knas or just hider. I have respect for, for Natil Sidaim. So he says he's not sure. So that's where it comes from. So it's not made up, but it's definitely not, you should, and, and everyone should. And I don't want Chazanisham, Minig of Klal Yisrael, is you talk, you go wash, for sure. But it's just interesting to me that it's not like you'd think from the, the zrizas that people have about it, that you'd think it's literally in the Gemara. It's not. Because over there, it's like, you said one word, it's like, oh. Like, someone says, is there salt on the table? No. Oh. And then you run, I watch. Like, okay. Like, you don't understand. It's like, like, it's not like that. It's a thing. 
but it's not it's not to the severity that I think um, that I think people uh, give it to. Do we have a few more minutes? Do you might guys mind if we do f- five more minutes? Five more minutes. My that's that that's that that's more of a problem right. conceptually. Yeah, it's more of a problem. That's yeah. Right, you should watch again. Yes, that's more of a problem conceptually. If you do my mechron. <laughs> no, 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 because it's not. It's clear from the Gemara, and just in general, um, gesturing. While it might be a half sick, you're right. Gesturing in general, but but it's not. Correct. But but you but you. By the way, I will say this though. He is making a good point, and that is that that you should still only do that if it's necessary. Meaning. Especially, I'll give you, forget about yeah, this. This is a shaila. Forget about this. This is a shaila between the Natil Zidayim and the Hamaitzi. Okay, let's let's go straight Machme. You said the Hamaitzi, and you're waiting for the Chal to come. Lekuli Amol Lecholadayis. You're not supposed to be mafsik. That's between a bracha of Hamaitzi and eating. Right. That's that's pretty universal. It's brought down in the beginning of the Sefer Vizayis Habracha, which is the laws of brachas, that. In addition to talking, you're not supposed to make gestures. You're not supposed to sing. You're not supposed to do no, no, no. So, you know, like so you'll have people will sit down and they'll start singing nigunim and they'll like they'll like like it's a chaperain guy says no and they'll they'll gesture. You're right. It's it's only to be done if necessary. It's better than talking, but it's not nothing. I will say that. Well, if you go to kiddush, same idea. Yeah. The person who makes kiddush. Yeah. Do you have to wait for him to drink yes. and yes. have all the same thing yes. before you talk? Yes. Yes. And I don't know if that's a misconception. I think it's just people just are not mocked. What about after Moitzin, uh, uh, right? After Moitzin, isn't it stricter? When, uh, if they, and no one, let's say everyone washed, you made a Moitzin and everyone's waiting for the drink. Yeah. The yeah, for sure. The for sure. Yeah. Of course. Yeah, for sure. Yes, 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 of course. No, so... So, so here's the thing. The Paiskim say that that's considered a hefzik between the Hamaitzi and the eating, that it's not something you should gesture. So, 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 so I personally don't sing and don't hum and don't do any of this because, because to me... If it's a hefsik, if it's not allowed between hamaitzi and the food, I'm trying to be machbid between the natil sidaim and the hamaitzi to the same level of stringency. So I personally don't sing. Like if I sit at the table, I'm not. A lot of things I do just because I'm like antisocial and I'm not in a good mood. But I will sit there quietly and people will sing. I will not because if singing is considered a minor hefsik in between the hamaitzi. Then we're trying to be makbid in between the Natil Sidaim and the Hamaiti with all the laws of Hafsaikib. So it would make sense not to do new and not to do, to, again, to, especially if it could be avoided. But isn't the Lashna and the Shachanuk is, it's like a top. Correct. Yeah, the, no, so yes, but my point is the Mishabura says you should be makbid in the laws of Hafsaikib. So that's I'm, I'm not. I'm thinking you should apply between Hamaiti and. and and let him to between washing and saying, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I think maybe you shouldn't because it's a total desire, not more. I know, so I, I, that's why that's why I don't stop people. It's a personal thing with me. I, I won't stop anybody from doing it because you are right. It's a much more lenient time period. But just to me, it's, if, I'm gonna, if I'm gonna, if I'm gonna be mafs, if I'm gonna be mafs, to that's also true. Also. I'm gonna be right. that guy. Um, one, maybe we'll do one more. Hold the middle of the when they're not allowed. Yeah. <laughs> um, we'll do maybe maybe one or two more. 
And then um, maybe we'll do one or two more. Do you guys have two minutes? Is that all right? Just two more minutes. I like to stop at 8.40. Uh, the next one is, I, I've mentioned this many times, that I've heard this from women. If women drink from the Havdalah wine, they'll get a beard. Obviously, it's ridiculous. That's, that's patently false. No, you're not going to get a beard. But it's patently false. What it is, is very simple. There was a minig going down, going back to the times of the Shlah. The minig was for women not to drink from the Havdalah wine unless they made Havdalah. It's unclear the reason. There's different minhagim. Ravis Zalman had his shita al pi halacha, but the classic reason from the shla is that because the whole Indian of havdala is that Shabbos is over and you're entering chol, which was because of the sin of the Yitzhadas, because if not for the sin of the Yitzhadas, there wouldn't be havdala. And the sin of the Yitzhadas was due to chava. And according to the gra, she drank wine. That was the Zayar says that the Yitzhadas was not an apple. It was it was grapes. It was wine. So wine was the cause. Of her, of the, of the sin from her, which the holy name of Dalu was from her. So as a knas, as a penalty, she doesn't get to drink from the wine. That's the Mishra. So because of this, they told women they didn't want them to drink from the wine. So they involved, oh, you'll get a beard. Obviously it's made up, there's no such thing. Uh, one more halacha. This is not, it's not made up, but it's a slight misconception. And that is that, I don't know if you've heard this, if you look at the kehanim during Berchus kehanim, you'll lose your eyesight. So that's not made up. The Gemara in Saita tells us that there are certain things that if you do, it could harm your eyes. And one of them is looking at the kehanim, as they say, Berchus kehanim. But there's two things. First of all, that's why kehanim cover their hands. They used to not cover their hands. They would actually do the bracha like, like that. Um, but the, the, it's clear from the Rishayim and the Rambam and Taisus that that was, Mishabur kind of alludes to it also, that that's only true in the times of the Beis Hamikdash where they said the Shem Hashem. They, they pronounced Hashem's name, you know, Shem HaMafayrish. And the Shechina was Mamashaira. So staring at the Shechina could be harmful for the eyes. Nowadays, where they're not saying the Shem Hashem, there's no Isser in that regard. However, the Shulchan Aruch does bring down, it's better not to stare, S-T-A-R-E, not to stare at the Kehanim, because if you stare at the Kehanim's hands, it could lead you to distract yourself, and you're supposed to be focused on the Bracha, it could lead to Hesach Hadas. But it's not to the same severity as it was, and it's definitely not going to cause eyesight, but that's not a misconception, it's just maybe a misinterpretation of what the original halacha, but that being said, the meaning of Klal Yisrael, still to this day, is the Kahanim cover their hands, and we try not to look, but even, I'll be honest with you, if you look for a second, the Kahanim's hands are covered, it's more just not to be Mesiyach Das, it's not like the way it was in the times of the Gemara, where Mamish can't stay, it's like dangerous, you know, um, uh, I, 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 with the palace and the kids and whatever because it's a whole thing. Well, that's the thing. Well, we're covering and they're covering. They're covering and they're covering. Yeah, uh, but uh, that might be something. But uh, all right, well, maybe we'll stop here in Bezash and maybe next time we'll do um, the last uh, eight or nine of them. If there are any more, please send them my way. Potential misconceptions. And and yeah, uh, avizakatinsky at gmail.com. A-V-I-Z-A-K-U-T-N-S-K-Y-G-B-L-C-O-M. No, because it does go out there, and, and please, because I, I have I have eight more, and if I can turn like another share out of this, that'd be great.